KXNO Des Moines. The PSAs you hear on Miller & Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller & Condon. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook at Wild Rose Studios, this is 1460 KXNO. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back into the 11 o'clock hour, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy hour, Dylan Monts on Iowa State coming up here uh, in the next few minutes. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will take a look at rivalry weekend in college football. We'll give away barbecue from Claxons. Our picks before we get out of here at noon uh, as well. Let's get an NFL hit in here, boy. The West Coast, Dave Sinek and theheadcheese.com. Good to speak with you. Uh, the West Coast has not been kind uh, to the Green Bay Packers. The good news, they're headed east uh, to take on the Giants. But boy, oh boy, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm guessing uh, that, they're, that they're very glad that the West Coast games are now behind them. Yeah, good morning, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I just hope it's just not a coast thing. You know, maybe right. it's an east and west coast. Uh, this is the only East Coast game they'll have to worry about. But, yeah, that was that was about as disappointing, uh, ugly, humiliating. Uh, find an adjective. It's not uh, what you'd hope to see when the two top NFC teams go at it late November. Uh, really deflating performance and uh, certainly raises a lot of questions about where this team is at. Do you just draw a line through it, Dave? I mean, seemingly every team has one of these this year. I mean, the Chargers, the you know, a couple of weeks before was not pretty either. But do you just draw a line through these the, those two games? Well, I drew a line through the first one. It, mm-hmm. It's harder for me to do that for this one. I mean, think about it. They had two weeks to get ready for this one. Uh, they came in with a really healthy roster. There were no injury concerns at all unlike the 49ers who were missing some key players. And I think it was uh, you know, a chance for Matt LaFleur to go up against his mentor and, and show he was ready for a prime time, and, and he wasn't. So I think it's it's starting to raise some questions about Matt LaFleur and, and some of the uh, things he did to get his team ready and how he, how he prepared against a, a top-flight team. It, 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 to me, it does do more. I, I think it's more than crossing a line through it. I think we won't learn much about Green Bay these next three weeks. These are three games they should win. If they drop any of them, I guess we will learn more about them. But really, with uh, the Giants, the Redskins, and the Bears at home, uh, these are three games Green Bay is expected to win. So I, I don't think I'll know much more about the Packers till they face the Vikings in Week 16. Aaron Rodgers continues to play well. He plays at a high level. But maybe not the highest of levels that we assume we're going to get out of Aaron Rodgers. Do you, do you see anything amiss? Anything just slightly off for Aaron Rodgers? Are you confident Going forward, he's going to be just fine. Well, I think there were some things that you look at, and I saw some film following the game from last Sunday that, that do raise some alarm bells to me. Uh, there were instances where he had open receivers early and, and held the ball looking for something else and ended up getting sacked. There were several of those plays where there were two or three open guys, and hmm. he didn't see them. And if you looked at the, the, the stats from that game, he didn't throw the ball more than seven yards downfield the entire game. And or at least complete a pass more than seven yards downfield. And that's just so un like so un like that you do wonder about where this offense is three-quarters of the way through the season. He's been good through most of the season. There have been a few clunkers in there. But when they're playing the elite teams and an elite defense like San Francisco, you expect a guy like Aaron Rodgers to be able to, yeah. to find ways to beat him, just like Russell Wilson did. So, uh, no, I think there are questions that were raised from that performance. And... uh I do expect them to bounce back against a 
a Giants team that does not provide much pass rush, uh, much, um, you know, not, not going to put too much pressure on your offense. So I expect a bounce back performance by the Packers and Aaron Jones, who just isn't getting enough uh, attention from the Packers coaching staff. I don't believe right. I think they'll feed him on Sunday, but, um, it was, a, it was an uneven performance around all around. I think Rodgers is at the top of the list last night. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, Dave, because actually earlier in the week, uh, Trent and I were talking about the game, and we mentioned the fact that Rodgers, and I blamed it on the receivers, because I didn't have the benefit of, you know, looking at that all 22 and that tape that you looked up, that there were guys running free and certainly open, narrow windows or not. That's life in the NFL. But I just assumed it wasn't there. So that is somewhat alarming, and you hit the salient point, this giant defense could be just what the doctor ordered because they're not very good. No, they're not. And you know, you remember back in October how productive Aaron Jones was in the passing game, um, three or four games in a row where he was catching multiple passes, a lot of yards, and defenses are starting to cover Jones with a cornerback, which makes sense, but that means there's some other receiver that's being covered by a linebacker, and Green Bay needs to identify the mismatch, and they just haven't been able to play chess uh, quickly enough against the best uh, teams, the best coaches. So, um, a lot to fix. I'm not pushing the panic button, though it might sound like I am. Mm. Uh, I expected a much better performance than than what I saw Sunday. Offering no resistance really was was disappointing to watch. But uh, look, there's what five games left. Uh, Green Bay should be favored in four of them. Uh, they have time to take care of business. But um, I don't know. It just you, you see them go up against a team like that. You expect something. You see something totally different, and it just makes you really question where this organization is right now. Uh, last thing, Dave, we've got 30 seconds or so. Balaga apparently tried to practice yesterday. I, I thought there's no way uh, after he left the game and didn't get back in. But apparently he's going to you know, try his best to be out there with his mates on Sunday. Yeah, it's interesting. They added a, a player off the practice squad, a tackle that they uh, activated. They picked up from Denver, I think. And yeah. Yep, Jared Bell here, who's not on the team yet. But, yeah, he did uh, practice. He was actually with the 11-on-11s for what the media got to see. So there is some hope that he might be ready. I- I'm of the opinion against New York, you could beat the Giants without Brian Baraka. Right. Yeah. Make sure he's healthy for the stretch run. But there, at least it's encouraging to know that it sounds like he won't be gone for long. Packer preview saw Sunday morning at 7, of course, available on iHeart later on and all the podcasts. Yep, live on iHeart if you're up that early or otherwise whenever you wake up. Good stuff. Dave Sinekin, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Dave. All right, thanks, guys. Good to talk to Dave Sinekin. TheHeadCheese.com for you Packer fans out there that want to read about your Packers. Uh, Dave blogs uh, twice, three times a week. TheHeadCheese.com. Dylan Montz, let's talk to Iowa State, shall we? Got a Big 12 tilt that's uh, underway on Fox. Texas Tech just got Sam Ellinger to the ground as uh, Texas and Texas Tech do battle. Uh, Dylan Montz, uh, good to talk to you. Ames Tribune is where you can read our friend Dylan Montz. Uh, Trent and Ken, thanks for coming on. Let's talk basketball before we get into tomorrow's uh, regular season finale against K-State. Boy, that was, I think... Uh, and we said it earlier, both teams, both Iowa and Iowa State, I thought maybe played their best game of the season. Uh, Alabama just had, well, they had Petty, who was really good, but boy, uh, Iowa State's got Halliburton, who is, is really, really good. Uh, that was a terrific performance out of the clones yesterday. Yeah, like you mentioned, I think Therese, Tyrese Halliburton is uh, just playing phenomenal right now. He's, he's doing a little bit of everything and, and scoring even a lot more these last couple games than I think people thought he, he might early in the year just because of um, his proclivity of passing and, and kind of getting other guys involved. But uh, he was big, but I think Rajir Bolton 
being able to shoot like that finally. Um, that was kind of what the hope was for him coming in is that he could be kind of the guy that stretches the floor a little bit and is capable from outside. And, and so uh, putting all the pieces together in that way, shooting better than they have all year, um, really impressive. So uh, nice for them to get a win down there, especially against uh, um, you know a high major opponent that'll uh, look good when you get later in the March after um, all the madness of the Big 12 season's done. Tyrese Halliburton, I don't know how often you've had an opportunity to talk with him. He was talking about some deities after the game, and yeah. he's uh, he's a different cat, huh, Dylan? Yeah, he's fun. Uh, I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and he reminds me of the George Niang, Naz, okay. Monte Morris types, kind sure. of in that vein of, of really charismatic guys. Um, we'll kind of say what they think a little bit and, and not uh, apologize for it. So, uh, yeah, it, it was funny listening to him after the game and uh, not necessarily something anybody would have expected him to say, but um, as a writer, that's the kind of stuff I love. It, it gives you a lot of a lot of things to write about and uh, more than just uh, cookie-cutter answers. Yeah, that's, uh, that's for certain. Uh, you know, they're playing some defense, too. I mean, I, I get that uh, maybe the defensive effort was a little better the game before, but again, this petty kid was unbelievable. Uh, uh, rolled ankle or no rolled ankle, and I was surprised he was able to get back in the game and then do what he did. I think they're, they're certainly committing more to you know the defensive end of the floor. Uh, is is Prome pleased with that, or does he still think that that's a work in progress? Yeah, I think at times against Michigan, it was probably lacking a little bit. Uh, some of the, the the bumping that they want to see in the lane, and not have guys free flow so much a little bit in the half court stats. But I thought against um, Alabama, you know, I th- a lot of the scoring just came from the up and down pace. I think at one point uh, both teams were averaging like. 12 seconds per possession. So that's really, really fast. And so some of it will get in transition. But, um, you know, I think that that's kind of their thing. They have to, they're going to have to be physical. Uh, George Condit is going to have to be um, that rim protector for him. And I thought he had some yes, nice plays uh, yesterday as well. So I, I think, yeah, they're going to need to shoot the ball. Even if they can shoot the ball average, you know, they don't even have to shoot like they did yesterday necessarily. But if they can um, make teams respect the outside shot, that's big. But then they're going to have to defend as well because, um, you know, on nights where you do go a little bit cold, you got to have something to fall back on. So if they can have some of that physicality uh, in the middle or, or just um, make guys uncomfortable on the perimeter, um, that can help carry them through some of those tough stretches. Kansas State on the football side. You'll be making the drive down to beautiful Manhattan tomorrow. What concerns you most with this Kansas State team? Yeah, I think it's kind of probably – um, a little bit of what their recent history is under Bill Snyder, mm-hmm. and that's the ability to hold on to the ball and, and just bleed you dry a little bit. Um, they lead the Big 12 in time of possession, almost 35 minutes. So the big thing for Iowa State is going to have to be um, productive drives. Even if you have quick drives um, you know that go on and score, that's fine. But um, if you have quick drives that don't come up with any points, that, that just puts your defense in such a bind because Kansas State um, is going to have the ball for so long. So it's just it's kind of Probably with any game, you need to be productive when you do have the ball, but it's just that more of a premium when you play Kansas State because you're not going to get many cracks at it just because of how few possessions there are, are probably going to be in a game like that. Uh, you're, what's your take on Deshante Jones? And We've heard Campbell address uh, injuries all season long, and you really can't read we can't read anything into it. Um, but he, you know, he says that Jones is going to give it a whirl. I mean, you, you listen to him all the time. Were you able to decipher anything from uh, when he was speaking about his injured receiver? 
Yeah, not really. It, it is so hard. I remember at one point this year, um, he was talking about Greg Eisworth and said that he was probable and looked good. And then, uh, you know, all of a sudden he's, he's not playing in the game or he's, you know, only playing a half. So I think, um, probably the, the way to attack it is to plan for not having Deshante Jones. And so I think, um, you know, you might see a little bit more Landon Acres in the M. Uh, you could see Tariq Milton maybe slide back inside and have Sean Shaw go play on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll Glad be- you wrote about Shaw, by the way. You're 100% right. His arrow, uh, his stock is really up with this Iowa State team. Yeah, and Brock Purdy had a lot of good things to say about him, too. He, he went on and on and, and eventually capped it by saying he could be the go-to guy um, in the near future. And I think uh, next year that will be the case because he does have such good playing um, and, and breakaway ability. But um, so I think uh, you'd obviously want to have Deshante Jones. He's the leading pass catcher, um, most receiving yards. But you do have a few options, and especially if Michael Petway can play as yeah. well as he has recently. Um, if Shaw can be productive, if, if Tariq Milton feels more at home on the inside, if Landon Akers can come up with a couple catches, um, then, then you can soften the blow a little bit. But I think, um, like you mentioned, just based on some of the history uh, of injury talk uh, this season, it's probably – um, un- unlikely that you would see Deshante Jones at all, or, or, or certainly through large stretches of the game. You know, college kickers get a bad rap, but there's some really good ones in the Big 12. Of course, uh, Dicker, the kicker at Texas, has been unbelievably clutch. Uh, what's it? Burkich, I think I'm saying his name right, at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. He's terrific. And this kid, for, if the game's close tomorrow and it's on the line, this Lynch kid for K-State doesn't miss Dylan. I mean, he is... Now, he doesn't have the biggest leg by the, uh, by the looks of things. He's never tried over 50, but man, oh man, he hasn't missed an extra point. He's 16 for 18 uh, inside the 50 um, really, really accurate. If it's close, um, Kleiman's got a kicker. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of, um, you know, Matt Campbell talked about it a little bit this week, is that Kansas State is kind of the gold standard for um, that marginal type of football that, that he always talks about. They can um, come down. They don't make a ton of mistakes. They can come down and, and really make you pay, and especially if you have a kicker that you can go out and trust. Um, it takes a little bit of pressure off everybody else. So, uh, yeah, I think that's, again, that's going to be kind of the thing for Iowa State is there's um, there's little margin for error in some of those other big games, obviously, like Oklahoma or Texas or Oklahoma State, just because of um, some of the explosiveness that those guys have. But even in the more ball control, um, slower, I guess, if you want to call it that type of offense, um, you know, there there are other ways that they can step up their game, and the kicker is one of them. So it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, how Iowa State attacks that, and if that kid does get any chances uh, tomorrow. Uh, 30 seconds on this, Dylan. Camping world, if they win, if they lose, uh, where, where where are you as far as bowl destinations going into the weekend play? Yeah, uh, if, they, if they win, I would say it's down to either the Alamo Bowl or the Camping World Bowl. If they yeah. do lose, I'd say it's Camping World maybe at the high end. Then you're looking at the Texas Bowl, the uh, Liberty Bowl possibly again. Um, so it opens up a few more uh, possibilities, I guess. Um, so, it, and again, it, some of it depends on Baylor, but I, I think that's probably where you're sitting is, is uh, any of those three um, kind of mid-tier Big 12 Bowls. KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. 
Just Miller in Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is strange. No Bama Bob. No Bama. He's, He's so pumped up about doing this with us today. Yes. He wanted to make sure we threw the apple cup into the conversation. Right. He had an opinion on that. Uh, you know, he's at his, um, him and his wife have a, a lakefront property in Florida. Okay. Around Jackson. I don't even, I don't even know where it is. It's, I know it's in Florida. Maybe he can't get a signal. I wouldn't think so. I, I don't. I'm just trying to. You're trying you're to coming think. up. Well, we're a little early. We told him 11:25, which usually right. means about 11:30. Yeah. So maybe that's what threw him off here. Is he doesn't even have the phone with him, and that would make probably more sense. We'll be good. We'll get I'm, Bama. Uh, I'm texting him as we speak. Football yeah. underway. By the way, let's get your uh, Thanksgiving Black Friday score update while we're efforting Bama Bob. Starting with the Coastal Division Championship game. Yeah, this is for the right to take on Clemson, right? To get clubbed by Clemson, yes. To get you all, right. Uh, and uh, what was the point spread in this one? This one closed at Vatek by two and a half. Okay. Did F- you have an opinion in this game? I did. I had Virginia, mm-hmm. more so because I had them in the preseason. I wanted to be right. Right, yeah. I remember you saying that. But it, I was looking at public money all over Virginia Tech. After as well as Virginia Tech's played the last couple of weeks, and I'm like, eh, that's kind of a coin flip game. Plus Virginia trying well, to get off the schneid. they were losing when Bud Foster was hanging them up. Last right, week. At, last week. At, yeah, in Blacksburg. Yeah. This one's in Charlottesville, though, so I liked them, and they're up 6 nothing in that one. You're watching the Texas-Texas Tech game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, fact to Trent, there's not a whole lot of people watching this game in person. <laughs> You're one of the few? Daryl K. Royal Stadium, I, no, it's, it's more than half. It's probably... 80% full, 75% full. This is football in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. This is the Texas Longhorns. But when you're 6 Apathy and 5, is setting in. Well, you're 6 and 5. This is a team many people believed was going to be in the college football playoff mm-hmm. and they are 6 and 5. So Urban Meyer said today uh, and Bama's ready to go on, by the way. Okay. Um, Ur- Urban Meyer said today that uh, they keep recruiting very well, yet they don't send guys to the pros. So what you're dialing, Trent, is that Urban Meyer taking a shot at his former coach, Tom Herman? Or is that... Or, I mean, I think he's telling the truth. Um, but at the same time, he may be twisting the knife a little bit. But, uh, I mean, look, if, if you watch NBC, whether it's Sunday night or whether you watch last night, and you're seeing the player intros for these respective teams that, that show up in primetime, it's uh, maybe not quite impossible, but it's pretty darn difficult to find a Sunday night or a Thursday night when NBC's got it where they're not introducing the players you know near the Ohio State University. I mean, it's one after another. It's one after another. I think that I think it was probably two full. I think both on right counts. I think Urban Meyer was taking a little shot at his former assistant Tom Herman, but he's hundred percent right. Bama, let's get into things. Bama, we were early. We actually bought a couple of minutes so we could didn't have to race through this thing. And where were you, pal? How you been? Happy Thanksgiving. You know, eleven twenty-five is eleven twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what. A, that's the way it goes. Well, it's anyway, usually eleven twenty-eight. Good to be with you. Yeah, yeah. eleven twenty-eight, eleven twenty-nine. I thought you were must have been a bad dial yeah, when we were there Mil- early. I was on Miller time, so yeah, I, I hear you. Know, you. I had a few minutes. Yeah, all right, let's get into it, Bama's. <laughs> we got the rivalry weekend to get to, and uh, boy, oh boy, there's such a terrific slate of football games. Um, Let's start in, uh, I, I guess, Ohio State, Michigan. That would be the place where we sh- likely need to start, first of all. it's. I'm, I'm surprised the point spread's under double digits. I am. It's, what, nine, nine and a half, mm-hmm. Trent, the last, yep. uh, last I checked. Michigan's playing their best football of the year, Bama. Let's start right there. Yeah, you're right. Um, this is make or break. This To me, this game 
is more important for Michigan than it is for Ohio State. And I, I say that because I think Ohio State, even if they are to drop this game, if they win the Big Ten championship over either Minnesota or Wisconsin, they're going to get in the playoff. And let's face it, that's all that really matters. It yep. doesn't, you know, rankings don't matter anymore. Uh, it's about getting into the playoff. To me, this is a monster game for Michigan because they have built momentum for the first time really under Harbaugh. Uh, they're, they're gaining respect. Shea Patterson is playing the way we thought he might. Uh, especially in year two, and it can all go away again for Michigan. If they lose to Ohio State, especially if it's a double-digit loss and they lose a bowl game, we're right back to where we have been, what, 9-4, and four, whatever it is with Harbaugh. The questions are going to abound. The rumors are going to swirl about the NFL, and we're right back where we are, where we started you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, especially they've been building momentum really since Notre Dame, since that Notre Dame win, and I just – it's, to me, it's as crazy as it sounds to a team that's ranked number one in the poll. To me, this is a bigger game for Michigan than it is for Ohio State. And um, it, they they have to have it to, to get some momentum, and especially going into next year. Uh, Trent, do you see it that way? I, I do, too. I want Michigan to play well. I want this to be a good game. But will it? I, until I see it, it's very difficult to come up with a reason behind it. Ohio State not just what they've done offensively, but defensively. And it's not just Chase Young. I mean, this team's got dudes up and down that roster. i got to see it for Michigan before I'll believe it. And because of that, I'll be taking I'm the Buckeyes you. this week. Trent, mm. let's stay in the Big Ten. With you. Sorry, Batman, what'd you say? I was going to say 100% with him. I mean, I'm not picking Michigan to win. I just think it's a bigger game for them. And mm-hmm. they have to have it. They absolutely mm-hmm. have to have it. And if they get it, now we're, now everything we can go forward and go, okay, they're legit. They're a contender. They're a player on the national scene. Mm-hmm. Trent, let's go to the Big Ten. Let's go north. Uh, Wisconsin in Minnesota. The Axe. Uh, the Badgers want it back. The Gophers want to get to Indianapolis. What shakes out? I think this is the Gophers certainly one to win. They've already played their first quote-unquote huge game with Penn State coming in here at the beginning of the month. They kind of got that in the rearview mirror. Game day is going to be there, but... I don't know. Students are on break. It's going to be it's Thanksgiving weekend. I think it's going to be difficult to have maybe the pomp and circumstance that you normally have with a game like this. I look at it one of two ways. I just think Minnesota's better. Their defense isn't very good. And a game where it comes down to the trenches, certainly the Badgers have the advantage there. But they can beat you in a couple of different ways. And because of that, I like the Gophers to find a way because of not just what they do running the football, but also throwing the ball. I'm not sure you're going to be able to see that out of Wisconsin. Are they unstoppable, Bama? Who do you like tomorrow? This is so tough. I'm, I'm, I'm right with Trent on everything. I, the environment that they had for, for the Penn State game was off the charts. Mm-hmm. It's going to be hard to replicate that. I don't know what the weather is. I assume it's going to be cold in a typical you know, Minnesota early December, late November game. I don't, I'm, I'm with you on Minnesota can beat you running and, or throwing. They have those two excellent receivers. But we've talked about it, the quarterback. He played a perfect game against Penn State. He couldn't replicate it, um, you know, the next game out. And I don't know that he's ever going to be able to play that way again. I just, if Wisconsin can make it their kind of game with just, you know, more physical up front, being able to run the football, pound them, control the clock, I give, I, I like the Badgers. They've just been in bigger games and, is the moment going to be too big? Because Penn State was huge. There's no question about it. But now everything's on the line. The season is on the line for Minnesota. They haven't been in this position. If they win, they're in the Big Ten championship game, and then they've got a chance, 
every, I think, and I think most people think, at the playoff. Mm-hmm. That is much more on the line than they had against Penn State two or three weeks ago. I just like I like the Badgers. I would love to see Minnesota win. If I had to pick a win, if your heart tells you, give me the Gophers and let's let them go take their shot at Ohio State. You know the purse strings <laughs> tell me, man, I'm going to lean to Wisconsin because I just think they can. They might be able to impose their will uh, on an on a Gopher team that has had a tremendous season under PJ Fleck, but. Man, the moment is here. Can they rise to it? Mm-hmm. They'll stop 23. That'll go a long way for the Gophers to win. We'll see. Uh, Bama, let's, let's go to the Iron Bowl. Uh, this is Alabama's last opportunity to leave a lasting impression with the committee. They don't have another data point coming next week with LSU uh, winning the West. So, uh, boy, they're up against a really salty Auburn defense. The Iron Bowl, Bama, take it away. Yeah, I don't know about this one, Ken. If if Tua were playing, I keep going back to that. I would. I'd like Alabama double digits in this game. I don't know what Mac Jones is going to be able to deliver, and he is going to face pressure not from the secondary, but from Marlon Davidson and Derek Brown, who I think are the best tandem defensive linemen in the country. We can argue better players, certainly individually, with Chase Young. I don't think there's any question. Right. But I don't know that there's a better tandem at stuffing the run and putting pressure on the quarterback. Alabama's offensive line has struggled at times this year. He's still got those four great receivers, and Auburn is not great in the secondary. Auburn is not great on offense. They don't, you know, but Alabama's defense isn't great. I just don't know where to go in this game. I think it's going to be close. Would not surprise me to see Auburn win. Uh, just because you don't know what you're going to – if Mac Jones comes in and is 70% of Tua Tugavaloa, I think Alabama wins by a touchdown. I just don't know. He's never seen a – he started against Arkansas. He started against Western Carolina. I don't know who the better team is out of those two, but neither one of them are anywhere close to what he's going to see tomorrow. Um, to me, this is an absolute toss-up of a game right now because it's it's really, to me – it's weakness against weakness. Uh, Alabama's inability to run the ball. They've got a great running back. They just haven't been able to do it against good defenses. And I don't know that they're going to be able to do it against this one tomorrow. This game, to me, has just got toss-up written all over it. Toss it to you, Trent Connor. Do you see it that way? I, I see it the exact same way. And when there's points involved and it's a toss-up game, you mm, grab those yeah. points, certainly when it sits at three and a half or four, and that's out there in a lot of spots there. I'll be grabbing the points here. Certainly think Auburn can win this game outright. I love that defense. Just got to make a couple of plays. Can Bo Nix do that? Uh, looks like he can do that against Alabama D this year. You don't have to make a ton of plays. Just make a couple. Right. I like Auburn in this spot. Mm. Yeah, and I think... don't hurt the team. That's what Bo Nix yeah, has to yeah. do. He can't throw the picks. He can't have turnovers. He can't make stupid plays. If Auburn plays a clean game, I really like their chances tomorrow. Uh, Texas Tech inside the red zone trying to go up two touchdowns Ooh. on Texas, who just looks How like How many they... empty seats in there, Ken? Uh, Bama, we, were, we were just talking about that before he came on. It's maybe 75% full, which is just crazy yeah. when you think about it. Yep. Uh, Bama, let's, yep, uh, let's it go to you, Trent. Uh, Bedlam, Trent. You know, I was very disappointed that Spencer Sanders, after the thumb injury, out for this game, but... The kid from Hawaii sat out last yeah. year, red-shirted mm-hmm. a year ago, thought he was going to have a chance for to win this job this year. Of course, Spencer Sanders won it here, but I think people are overreacting maybe to this injury. It's a dude that can play the quarterback position. Plus, it's Bedlam. We've seen Oklahoma State in this spot at times be able to pull the upset here. 
Oklahoma's just been playing one close game after another. Mm-hmm. I'm all about grabbing the points here with Oklahoma State and maybe even a dusting on that money line. I, I like Okie State at least to play well this weekend. Uh, do they keep it close, Bama? Most teams have been keeping it close against Oklahoma lately. Yeah, if it were not for the state of Kansas, I mean, where would Oklahoma be right now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, uh, but it's, it's, I don't know. I, this again is a toss up to me. You know, logic tells you everything what Trent just said is true. You know, grab the points. Oklahoma, four close games. Oklahoma State, it's in Stillwater. Uh, you know, rivalry game, make their season, all those kind of things. Man, are, I just, is Jalen Hurts and CD Lamb due for a, just a bust out game? Now, Oklahoma's mm-hmm. defense has not. That's the weakness on their team. I mean, it is. A little cell phone trouble. There you are. Okay, sorry about that. I I just, uh, what what I was saying was, I'm with Trent all the way, except I just, something's telling me that Oklahoma, they know a lot's on the line. They know they got Baylor again. Uh, Bedlam rivalry game. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to lean on Hurts and C.D. Lamb, the, probably the best two players on the field. If Again, we talked about it with Auburn. Jalen Hurts plays a clean game. I'm going to probably take the Sooners in this. I, I understand it's crazy, and everything is trending toward this being, uh, you know, look out Oklahoma. Um, I don't know. I just think that for one week, Lincoln Riley, they're going to, for a rivalry game, you know, they're going to be up for this one. Not sure how much they've been up for these other ones other than Baylor. And we saw what happened there and with the comeback. So I'm going to take Oklahoma. I just, I think there's a lot on the line. They're still in it in the playoff. And give me the Sooners on this one. I just mm. think talent wins in this game. Lincoln Riley's going to be a name that's going to be talked about a whole lot in the next few weeks because Jason Garrett is out. It seems like he's Jarrett's target. We shall see. Bama's the Apple Cup today. Washington State in Washington. Maybe not the stakes that we thought, but, you know, well, I'll remove Iowa and Nebraska from this equation. Yeah, I'm watching Texas Tech, who, by the way, did score. They're up 14 nothing on Texas. Uh, the, the best game not involving, you know, the Hawks and the Huskers, which clearly moves the needle uh, in both of these two states, uh, is the Apple Cup, don't you think? I, I Well, the best game might be Cincinnati-Memphis. Yeah, no, you're right. Because a ton of stakes. That, that, yeah, a ton of stakes at that one because not only – you know, they're going to probably play next week, especially if, mm-hmm. you know, if Memphis wins. It's a huge game for Memphis, obviously, because Cincinnati's already in there. But, I mean, you know, New Year's six. But, I mean, if I'm going to watch – and, I listen, I love I love that conference. I'm not quite as, you know, big on him as Trent is. I know he loves him some AAC. But, I mean, just the setting, Ken. I mean, I was out there this year. My son had an internship in Seattle, and I was lucky enough. I couldn't get into the stadium, but, I, you know, walked around it, you know, kind of took a look from the lake and it is just such a pristine gorgeous setting that i I just you know to me that's the one i'm going to watch two teams probably with excellent what i think are very good coaches that have really underachieved particularly washington six and five i mean i really thought i didn't know if they could beat oregon i thought they would challenge them for the for the for the pac-12 north and they just they keep losing to average teams you know no offense to colorado but I mean, they should be better than that, especially with that quarterback. I mean, we always say you got a quarterback, you got a chance. They, we thought they had one. I just don't know how good he is now. Um, he's played well in big games that they've lost. It really hasn't been his. A lot of it hasn't been his fault. But um, 
Yeah, that's the one for me. Two really good, high-profile coaches, underachieving teams. But to me, it's the setting on Lake Washington that's going to draw me. We are out of time, Bama Bob. We'll recap a rivalry week with you on Monday at 11 o'clock. Thank you for coming on. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, Bama. And we'll talk to you uh, on Monday. Same same here, guys. Thanks for the patience, and I appreciate it. And, uh, man, we got a lot of big weekend and recap it on Monday. We will do so. (laughs) Thanks, Thanks, Bama. Bama. Good to talk to you. Bama Bob, Trent and I going around college football rivalry week. Notre Dame Stanford's usually a thing. Yuck. It's not. Florida, no. Florida State's Yuck. usually a thing. It's not. Clemson, South Carolina. Clemson. That What's the line? 28? 28. I almost put that in my picks. I didn't like the card this week. Rivalry week. Yeah, I'm with you. It was a struggle. Mm-hmm. I found one that I'm really going to be all over. Uh, we talked about it at Big Ten Media Days. Big Ten media we talked a lot about this football game. Well, I'm going to guess it's not Indiana-Purdue. It is Indiana-Purdue, Trent. We, we had we Raekwon Jones on. Oh, we did have Raekwon Jones on. And he okay. talked about the last okay, two years okay, yeah. that the Purdue Boilermakers have prevented uh, his Hoosiers from going bowling. And they've taken the bucket, and he's mm-hmm. sick and tired of it. Ah, I like the angle you're going with here. Well, we got an angle for some people to win some barbecue right Let's now. Let's do that. First four callers right now, 284-5966, 284-5966-284-KXNO. We will give you four games and the tiebreaker. If you get the most right, we'll give you a $35 gift certificate from our friends at Claxons. The runner-up gets a $25 gift certificate. Claxons Barbecue Giveaway. Uh, if you're getting a ring, you are in. Trent, we'll get to those phones here momentarily. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Texas has scored. Uh, that'll cut it to 14-7 to seven. Uh, if they make the kick. They're college kickers. We'll see. Uh, but uh, Texas is on the board. All right, time to give away some Claxons Barbecue. Claxons in Altoona, 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. Claxonbbq.com. Claxonbbq.com. There you can see the hours, the menu, and all the 411 about a terrific barbecue place in business over 20 years, approaching 25 years in Altoona. Jim, Ronnie, David, and Scott in that order. Jim, you're up first welcome jim how are you i'm just glad i didn't drop the call guys yeah well we're glad to have you so let's if you're if you're worried about your uh cell coverage let's get right into it hawkeyes okay. five and a half point favorite today over nebraska oh i knew you were gonna ask this one uh yeah give me the hawks all right iowa state four and a half point favorite tomorrow at k-state give me the clones ohio state gives nine and a half to the wolverines you took all the good ones, didn't you, Ken? Yes, I did. Uh, <laughs> give me the Wolverines. All right, let's finish it off with Wisconsin, a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Minnesota. Oh, I hate saying the Gophers, but I'm going to say Gophers. a boy. Here's the tiebreaker, Jim. Total points closest without going over. Raiders-Chiefs on Sunday. Where's it at? Uh, Kansas City. Closest without going over. Give me 39. 39, Jim. Thank you. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Good to see you. I'll hear from you, rather. Ronnie's next. Hi, Ronnie. Hi, how you doing? Good, thank you. Iowa's a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Nebraska. 
Iowa. Iowa State, four and a half at K State. Uh, K State. Uh, Ohio State, nine and a half at Michigan. Give me the Wolverines. <laughs> uh, Texas missed the point after. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, Wisconsin, three and a half at Minnesota. Wisconsin. All right. And here's the tiebreaker, uh, Ronnie. Raiders, Chiefs, total points, closest without going over. 49. 49. Ronnie, have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, David's next with Miller and Condon. David, you get plenty to eat yesterday? Um, I'm eating more today, I think. Okay. Uh, well, let's see if you can put some barbecue on the menu coming up here. I was a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Nebraska. I'll have to take the Hawkeyes. Taking the Hawks. Iowa State, four-and-a-half tomorrow at K-State. Cyclones. Buckeyes give nine-and-a-half to Michigan. Buckeyes. Wisconsin, a three-and-a-half-point favorite over Minnesota. Uh, Wisconsin. All right, here's the tiebreaker. Closest without going over. Raiders at Chiefs. I hate to do this to the last guy, but maybe he'll win anyway. I'm going to go 50 on that one. 50 right on the button. David, you have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. And Scott brings Claxons to a close for another week. Hey, Scott. Hey, how are you doing? Good, thank you, sir. I was a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Nebraska. I'm going to take Iowa. Take an Iowa. Iowa State, four and a half at K State. I'm going to say the Cyclones. Ohio State is a nine and a half point favorite taking on Michigan. That's going to be Ohio State. Okay. Wisconsin, three and a half point favorite over the Gophers. Mm-mm-mm. Boy, that's, that's the tough one. I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Laying the points there. Here's the tiebreaker. Raiders, Chiefs, total points. Closest without going over, Scott. Let's uh, let's go at 35. 35. Scott, have a good weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Thank you, Claxons, for making it possible. We did it twice this week, once on Wednesday and once today. As Mark Charters picks in, he's ready to go here on Black Friday. Mark Charters Best Bets, brought to you by Charter House Real Estate. Make your best bet by calling Charter House. Stop paying 6 to 7% to sell your home. Charter House offers a full-service real estate experience while saving you thousands. Find out your savings at charterhouseiowa.com. Hey, everybody. Mark here. Hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. We've got three picks for you that I like this week, two in the NFL game and one in the college game. Starting in the college game, we're going to take the Kansas Jayhawks plus 14 against the Baylor Bears. This is senior day for Kansas. That always brings a little extra spark, or at least you hope it does. Against Baylor, who really has nothing to play for in this game, I think that spread is too high. I don't call for the outright upset, but I do think Kansas can keep this game within 14 points. Turning in the NFL, we're going to take the Arizona Cardinals plus three against the Rams. The Rams are scuffling. I like what I've seen out of Arizona. They are at home this week, and they have Kyler Murray, who's playing fantastic. Give me the Cardinals plus three. Wrapping up, we're going to take the Cleveland Browns. We hate to do it, but they're only needing a point and a half against the Pittsburgh Steelers and a guy named Duck. We're going to take that every time we can get it. Bakers look great lately. Give us the Cleveland Browns minus one and a half against the Steelers. That's it for this week. Good luck. That's Mark Charter's best bets. Now, back to Ken and Trent with their picks, presented by Charter House Real Estate. All right, thank you, Mark Charter. Trent, we got to go. Let's get right into it. I held the T-Box coming off a 5-0 and o week last week, 12-3 and three in the last three. 
For what they are worth, here we go. I'm going to start in the college game. Michigan State needs this one to get the bowl eligibility. It seems like the end for D'Antonio. They're a 22-point favorite at home over Maryland. Maryland's god-awful. I'll leave the 22 uh, take Michigan State over Maryland. Speaking of 22, since I just gave them away, well, let's grab 22, and I'll do that. Vanderbilt getting 22. It's Derek Mason's last game, I think, at Vandy. Uh, Tennessee's better, but three touchdowns better than Vanderbilt? Mm, not buying that one. Give me the 22 and Vandy. To the pros we go. Uh, the L.A. Chargers are in Denver taking on Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos. Maybe this is more of the heart rooting against the Broncos as I want them to maintain that top five pick. Give me the Chargers. Phillip Rivers has to have one more good game in, in him, doesn't he? The Chargers, the Broncos usually bring it out of him. I'll lay the field goal. Give me... L.A. Green Bay's on the road. They've not been playing well, but the Giants' defense is just what the doctor ordered. These Giants defensively are inept. Green Bay minus six and a half. Back to the college game for my best bet of the week. It's that old oak and bucket is on the line. Trent Condon, our buddy Raekwon Jones, our buddy, we interviewed him. Uh, he talked about how much this game means. I get it. They were five and seven the last two years. Purdue kept them up bowl eligibility. Kept the bucket. Not this year. Give me Indiana laying seven at Purdue. My best bet of the week. All right, here we go. Four and one last week. Not good enough for the tee box as Ken went five and zero. Oh. We'll try to do better this week, and we're going to do better by going the same route as Mister Undefeated went. I'm going with Sparty as well. I'm going to lay those twenty two mm. against a Maryland team that has certainly given up on the year. I'm going Black Friday. I'm going one thirty BTN. I am picking the Iowa Nebraska game. Iowa has dominated this game physically through the last four years. Nebraska needs it to win, get bowl eligible. But Iowa can't beat anybody up with that offensive line all season long. This thing's tight. It's coming down to the wire. Nebraska might get this game outright. Give me the five and a half. Give me the Cornhuskers with pick number two. To the NFL we go. And let's go to one that just, boy, it seems way too easy. The Jets have shown a pulse. Cincinnati Mm -hmm. has looked awful. Dalton starting. I'm going to fall into the trap. I'm going to lay the three and a half with the godforsaken Jets on the road in Cincinnati with pick number one. Pick number two, I'm going to go with Mark Charter. I like the Cardinals getting that field goal at home against a Rams team that looks terrible offensively. In fact, speaking of Mark Charter, my best bet is in line with him to the college game. Kansas is getting 14. Kansas might win this game. Kansas is your best bet? Kansas might win this football game. No, they're not. A Baylor team with nothing to play for. In theory. Yeah, true. They're already locked up. They're already playing Oklahoma. And you have to go to sleepy Lawrence, Kansas in front of dozens of friends and family. (laughs) I like this one a lot. Gibby, Kansas, plus 14, my best bet of the week. Interesting. You know what? The, when you said at the beginning, I thought you're you're nuts, but I'm. You sold me a little bit there, Trent Condon. You had to sell me on coming in today, and the last thing I wanted to do was this. But I'm glad we did. It was fun. It was glad fun. we did. I thought we'd revisit this in advance of next year at some point. Mm-hmm. But remind me that I had a good time when well, it comes down. Well, remember to that. next year we yeah, don't have no, the Black no, Friday Iowa, game. Right? I, I, without the Black Friday game, I don't think how so excited you're I'm we, going to be. So you take next Friday, or next Black Friday off. Is that what you're saying? 2022, we reconvene. What do you say? I think I'll try to talk you into doing it because it was fun being in here. It today. was. It was. We got football on. Absolutely. I'm watching my who's up 13-3 on Virginia Tech. You yeah. got Texas, Texas Tech uh-huh. up on your computer or your TV over there. 
And uh, a lot of hoops going on today, too. There is. And there's a lot of Cyclone conversation on your radio coming up here. It's starting at 2 o'clock from 2 until 5. Uh, we are billing this as a Cyclone Radio takeover. Uh, Emery Songer and Sean Roberts will be here. Eric Zamora will join those two. And they're going to talk all Iowa State for three hours. Three hours of Iowa State conversation. Any opinion on the two basketball games tonight, Trent? Boy, I... I I don't see Iowa winning again. I would pick against them again, mm-hmm. but the oh, Seton Hall number against Iowa State's getting a little tighter. Open yeah, at four two now, and a two half, and, a half. And, and I certainly liked Iowa State a plus four. Two and a half would be at least a thought a little bit more. But the Hawks uh, cost me some money yesterday. I'm not going to go against them, or maybe I should go them against them again. We'll see if they can bring that defensive intensity two nights in a row. They were really good. All right, no no more Fanandi, no Fanatics. Cyclone Radio takeover, two until five. The weekend will start on, uh, the week will start on Monday with the morning rush at six. We're Miller and Condon. Thanks for being here. 1460 KX.